Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Colts Convert Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and today is going to be a shorter podcast, just going over some news and notes that have happened around the league over the last couple days, the end of last week and also the beginning of this week. And I wanted to start this podcast by covering the sad and tragic news about former quarterback Tavares Jackson being killed in a car accident late Sunday night. And that news kind of reverberated around the league yesterday. And just sad news to hear about the passing of Tavares Jackson It's sad no matter who it is, no matter who passes away in one of these tragic accidents, but it's even more sad when you consider that Tavares was only 36 years old, a very talented individual, and someone who had a lot of life left to live. And it's always sad when someone passes away in an accident at an early age. So just wanted to wish his family and friends my condolences, And Tavares was someone that I grew up watching play, just being a football fan growing up. He was mostly a backup quarterback, played over 10 seasons in the league, and primarily with the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. He also had a stint as a third-string quarterback for the Buffalo Bills in 2012, but mostly a Viking and Seahawk for his career. He actually did have significant playing time for the Vikings in 2007, started 12 games in 2007, and for the Seahawks in 2011, he started 14 games, threw for over 3,000 yards, as well as 14 touchdowns and ran for almost 300 yards as well. So a very talented player, mostly a backup, but he was a great example of a backup quarterback that when called upon, he could make plays and he could give your team a chance to win. And he did get a Super Bowl with the Seahawks his second stint with the Seahawks. He was a part of that Super Bowl 48 winning Seahawks team and even had a chance to play in the Super Bowl as a backup quarterback, which I believe was the first time in 13 years at that point that a backup quarterback got a chance to play in a Super Bowl. The Seahawks blew out the Broncos in that game, so Tavares got a chance to play towards the end of that Super Bowl game. So again, just very tragic and sad news. You never want to hear about someone being in an accident like that, that takes their life. It was, I know, very sad for me. Just someone who who was a fan of Tavares, having watched him play over his career, always appreciated his ability to take on that that backup role, but also 
step up when the team needed him to start or when the team team needed him to fill in for a quarterback that may have been injured. He was always up to the task to lead his team and, and try to put the best foot forward. And so again, condolences go out to Tavares Jackson's family and friends. Rest in peace, Tavares. It was an honor to watch you play throughout your career. And then moving on to a few more news and notes here. As I mentioned, this podcast is going to be a little shorter, but I just wanted to continue to update you on the preparations that are taking place for the upcoming NFL draft. That is April 23rd. It's almost a week away now, and the NFL is continuing to come out with details about how they plan to prepare for this virtual draft that will be taking place as as a result of the coronavirus pandemic and team facilities being shut down. The event, which was supposed to take place in Las Vegas, has been canceled because of a lot of states participating in shelter in place protocols and social distancing. So the NFL, they have stood firm with the date of the draft. The date is going to be the same. They have stood firm on that, but obviously they have had to change around the logistics of the draft and make it suitable for a remote draft that will be taking place virtually. And it was announced recently that the commissioner, Roger Goodell, will be conducting the draft and announcing selections via his home and specifically his basement. Yes, you heard me correctly. A commissioner of one of the major sports leagues in the world will be conducting a draft from his basement and announcing picks in his basement. If this situation could not get any weirder, I think it has. That will be very, very interesting to see Roger Goodell announcing this, these picks from his basement. It just kind of adds another wacky storyline to, to this whole virtual draft and, and how the NFL plans on going about it. And teams, as mentioned earlier in a previous podcast, they will be conducting the drafts separately. In most cases, you'll have a GM, owner, coach, scouts. They will have to find a way to connect together in a virtual environment and collaborate and make picks remotely. And each team will have a designated person that will officially make picks for each team and connect with the NFL system, their draft system, and they will designate a person, most likely the general manager of each team, will be responsible of officially locking in every pick for their team. And the first thing that kind of comes to mind when dealing with something like this virtually, remotely, is security. And I think it just opens up the possibility that 
whatever system these teams are are using just hoping that they're as secure as possible because i could easily see down the line there being some scandal that came out about a system being hacked into somebody being able to access another team's database like i can see some type of scandal coming from this because teams may not have been as prepared as they should have been to secure their systems and make sure that everything was uh, in place beforehand. This, this has been something that has kind of come together very quickly. So you just hope that everything will be in place logistically, technologically to make this draft as smooth as possible. It was very interesting seeing a feature, I believe it was done on NFL Live on ESPN. They interviewed Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager for the Falcons, and he kind of gave a tour of his home and, his, and specifically his draft setup that he'll be setting up in his office. Had multiple TVs, multiple computers. He had a few phones that already were pre-programmed with all of the the numbers of the other 31 teams in case there are going to be any trade talks, which, which I'm sure there will be. But he had programmed into his phone the speed dial numbers of all 31 teams that he could possibly come in contact with during the draft when talking about trades and making any types of moves. Um, so all of this is kind of coming together. It seems like details are being added day by day, but it is just kind of interesting to see the preparations that these teams will be making to hopefully get up to speed and still have a somewhat smooth draft, right? As smooth as it can be for a situation like this. And in addition to that, every team will be allowed one IT person to be with the general manager in their draft offices or locations. And just being in line with the social distancing protocols, teams and also players who have been invited to participate in this virtual draft they have been reminded to keep their their draft um, if they have a, a draft party or if teams have a few other people a part of the collaborations to keep everything below six people six people or fewer will be allowed to participate in person together, whether uh, it's in, especially in this, in the case of these draftees, these players that have been invited virtually, they will only be allowed to have up to six people participate in this virtual draft, which is obviously a huge change from the normal draft uh, setup and players who have drafts at home, you'll see on the the recordings of the, the parties, sometimes hundreds of people show up to these parties at you know at various restaurants or 
people's houses. Just a, it's usually a huge celebration for these players, a huge accomplishment in their lives. And it usually consists of family, friends, former coaches, you name it, who show up usually at these draft parties. So it is going to be quite the change to now have only five or six people that you will be allowed to have with you and you know, physically uh, celebrating with you as you get drafted for this, this event. So again, just something to keep an eye on as more news comes out, how these teams will be finalizing the, the preparations and the draft is coming up. A week from Thursday is the first night of the draft, so always looking forward to that. And we'll be definitely having episodes leading up to that draft, continuing to prepare, preview some positions, uh, maybe have a, a mock draft or at least a specific mock draft to the Colts to kind of have some fun and put a few ideas out there about maybe what the Colts draft could look like come next week. So definitely looking forward to the preparations for the draft. And then final note that I wanted to end on is the Colts announced yesterday additions to their jerseys and added a secondary logo which I do not believe will be used on helmets or anything. I think it'll just be a small addition to the jersey on around the collar, but pretty cool logo in my opinion. It incorporates the state outline of Indiana, incorporates that into a C. And I thought it was pretty, pretty clever, pretty cool new secondary logo. And they made some minor adjustments to the numbers, to some of the, the coloring, but no major adjustments to the jerseys. It wasn't a major overhaul like you've seen from the Rams and the Falcons this offseason. So yeah, pretty, pretty standard Colts jerseys moving forward. Just a few changes here and there to some of the, the details of the numbers, the names. Uh, kind of paying homage to some of the previous Colts teams from decades past, some of the color schemes of, of the older teams and, and just their numbering uh, from some of the first Colts teams. So nothing dramatic and, you know, that's fine by me. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I, I like the, the jerseys as they are can't go wrong with the horseshoe. So nothing dramatic, but uh, it was nice to see that they're at least continuing to try to improve the jerseys and, and tinker with them a little bit, but no drastic changes to the jersey. Uh, but I think more to me, what, what surprised me was finding out about this on ESPN's website this update of the jerseys, the Colts jerseys, was one of the main headlines 
yesterday afternoon. I think with the third or fourth bullet point on their headlines. So again, it just kind of shows you the times that we're living in now with no live sports going on. Something like the Colts getting a secondary logo and changing some of the details of their jersey is making big time sports news. Just, just the current sports world that we are living in. But again, we have some big events on the horizon with the draft coming up. I'm excited to continue to cover that and prepare for what the Colts may be doing. So thank you for listening to another edition. Hope you have a great rest of your day, a great week coming up. Until next time, this is Derek for the Colts Convert Podcast. Take care.